This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Any chain restaurant, what would it be and why? This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Hey. 651-641-1071. If you buy any chain restaurant, what would it be and why? Bradley, why are we asking? Because have I got a deal for you, Colleen. Um, you got $200,000 laying around? No, shaking my purse, loose change. No. Oh. Okay. Actually, well, yeah, no. I I feel like you could probably get a GoFundMe together. I do have excellent credit, though. Could I finance? Probably this? you could finance a brand new Perkins. What? Actually, gently used. It's a gently used Perkins, <laughs> and it's for sale. Used? I do Facebook Marketplace all the time. Uh, almost new Perkins restaurant in Appalachian to be auctioned. I don't know where Appalachian is. I don't think that's like Appalachia. I feel like I need to know that. Tioga County Perkins Restaurant and Bakery. So let's see where that is. It's going to be in PA, Pennsylvania. Mansfield, Pennsylvania. Oh, so field of men. A field of men and Perkins pancakes. Oh my gosh, for days. And by the way, this Perkins can be yours for about $200,000. That's the beginning auction bid. It's located near a Comfort Inn on Route 434, and it closed suddenly in late October. I have a question. Yeah. That feels weird to me. What? That it opened and then it closed. Like yeah. It's gently used. Well, Why am I going to buy that? Because COVID. Okay. COVID killed the Perkins. So they opened it, and then, I think, right before the pandemic. And, of course, the the restaurant sales were hit hard because of the pandemic. And so, um, Beth, Beth, excuse me, Beth. 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 Well, I almost said Anne and Beth and Beth. It all came out together. Beth Anne Smith, who opened the restaurant, could not be reached for comment on why she decided to close. But... The listing of this 4,800-square-foot building uh, can be yours, like I said, for a beginning bid of $200,000. And get this, according to the listing, the appliances alone cost $529,000. So you're going to get all of that for a steal. Wow. Does it have to stay at Perkins? Well, I don't know. Okay. Probably not. Did they leave but some you of like pancake? Perkins, don't you? They like that pancake mix. Yeah. Did they leave some of that around? Probably. Okay. Anyway, that got me thinking like, wouldn't it be awesome to own your very own Oof. chain restaurant? Because then you can go and have awesome blossoms whenever you wanted. Whenever. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's what I'm thinking. Outback like Steakhouse. Unlimited pancakes baby forever. Back, baby back, baby back ribs. I baby back, baby back. Pumpernickel croutons at the Ruby Tuesday salad bar. Let's go to the phones, shall right, we? Let's do it. Uh, if you could buy 
yourself any chain restaurant, what would it be? Let's throw in a why. Uh, 651-641-1071. Let's go to Ashley. We've got Ashley on the line. Hi, Ashley. Hey, Ashley. What chain restaurant are you going to buy? I would definitely buy a Perkins. Right? Yeah. Now just I have the neighborhood place, right? And is it because of the pancakes? You can be honest. No, it's the hash browns. Oh, good. Good. We can buy it together, Ashley. Or those muffins that are as big as your head. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, we can go splintsies. But everybody knows, like, your name. Not like a bar like Sears or whatever. Yeah. You You don't have to deal with, you know, people drinking too much. Exactly. I love it. Ashley, I'm in. Uh, I'll have my people call your people. And uh, draw up some, I don't know, documents. Is that what people do? Sure. Sounds good. Thanks. Uh, Let's go to Diane. Hi, Diane. Diane, if you could buy any chain restaurant, what would it be and why? Okay, Colleen, I think you're going to like this one. Okay. Taco Bell, and Um, here's why. Yes, also. I want to bring back the cheese Toledo. Thank you. You know what, Thank Diane? You. Are you planning you know on what running else? for president by any chance? Oh, heck no. Oh, Diane, okay. you know what else you'll have access to? What, 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 what? The sour cream gun. Oh! So they have this gun, and you take a big bag of sour cream, you stick it in the gun, kind of like a caulk gun. Thank you yep. for throwing the L in there. Caulk <laughs> gun. And you just squeeze that gun, and that right trigger... Right into your mouth. Right into your mouth, honey. <laughs> Diane, thank you for buying us a Taco Bell and for bringing back the Chilito. Uh, the Chilito, thank you. Oh gosh, which I I'm cry. sure you can still get if you ask nicely. N- no, actually, the answer to that. Are you sure? I'm positive. All right, it's you can get a Mexi Melt. It's not the same. Amber, we will talk to you now. Amber, if you could buy any chain restaurant, what would it be and why? I would be buying Chili's because those chips and salsa are the best that there possibly are. Yeah, you know, of the chain restaurants, Chili's would be up there for me, not only because of the chips, but all the awesome appetizers. Mm. Oh, the triple dipper? I mean, come on. What is the triple dipper? Oh, you've got like the saltwestern egg rolls. You've got the chicken tenders. It's like a sh- I may forget what the other platter. one is, but it's really good. Uh, thank uh, you, Amber, for Amber educating Ryan. us. It's got uh, a slider. It's got them saucy nugs. Also, Bradley. And them egg rolls. <laughs> poo-poo platter put me in a whole different area. Well, you know, they that's what they used to call, like, the... the what did they call it? Sampler platter? Yeah. The appetizer sampler? Mm-hmm. My partner and I always go for a good sampler well, appetizer platter. You get a little of everything. Yeah. Everybody's happy, and it's all good. By the way, I do... I was just trying to check and see, because, you know, they used to have that big onion blossom on the appetizer menu. And I don't know if they do anymore at the Chili's. I don't, um, it's I just think there. of Outback Steakhouse. That's where you have to go for your onion blossom yeah. these days. Awesome blossom. Let's go to Mike. Uh, we'll, uh, I was going to say, we'll let Mike have the final word, but uh, we'll see. Mike, how many words do you have? <laughs> <laughs> Mike, if you could buy any chain restaurant, what would it be and why? Uh, I would buy Five Guys Burgers and Fries uh, just because I'm not afraid to eat my own profit. Yeah. I think yeah. Uh, those tinfoil cheesy burgers are amazing. And you I'm get all you. them peanuts. <laughs> and you get all those peanuts. And you can laugh at all the people that order a milkshake because they're for sure going to get diarrhea with the combination of burgers <laughs> and a milkshake. <laughs> oh, I love Mike. it. I love that you're just like, yeah, Tell I'm going like to laugh at them. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Thank you for everything. Really? <laughs> Be kind of awesome. I'd like a malt. <laughs> <laughs>
Are you sure? How close are you to the restroom? Uh, all right. I'm actually going to let Linda have the final word. Linda, Linda, if you could buy any chain restaurant, what would it be and why? Well, Colleen, I think you'll go in halvesies with me on this one. I mean, I'm really committed already to two other restaurants. Try me, though, Linda. Del Taco. Oh, yep. Actually, okay. yep. I'm going to take I mean, all of my financing from the Perkins and put it in the Del Taco. You What's go. your favorite thing at the Del Taco? Oh, the green burritos. What's a green burrito? Oh, it's just it's uh, it's beans and cheese and that verde green verde it's sauce. So good. And I just I have to take a moment and just you know oh okay listen. Linda, thank you for your call. Thanks, and, Linda. and I just have to go on record. And Linda's right. The thing about Del Taco, as far as fast food taco places go, and I love Taco Bell. Del Taco, when I first laid my lips on that, I thought oh. to myself, I thought I would never find a place that I could possibly say was better than Taco oh, Bell. Wow. It's so good. good Holly, you used to live in Del Taco land. I did live in Del Taco land. Are you a Del Taco fan? Yes, because you could get tacos, you could get burgers, mm-hmm. you could get all and a little something all, for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Holly, if you were going to buy your own chain restaurant, what would it be? I think I would get an Arby's because I have a oh, fantasy yeah. of just eating the roast beef straight from the shaver. Uh, hey. And you'd get like unlimited Jamocha shakes. Mm. Curly fries. Would you do me a favor if no. slash when you what? She's not doing that. You don't you, know won't. what you you're not. Do. Are you, I know you know what I'm gonna say. I don't know what you're gonna when say. When you, yeah, you buy do. Bradley does. When you buy the Arby's, could you pull some strings and get the potato cakes back? Thank you. Oh, I forgot because about those. They are they're so superior ir- to everything. Yeah, they're not. No, they're irrelevant. They I didn't even know what you were gonna say. In the world, they're <laughs> the best potato in the world. Go buy your own. When we come back <laughs> on the Colleen and Bradley show, um, you guys. I am going to figure out how on earth I can watch this BBC documentary about Ghislaine Maxwell and her uh, conversations with her father. I will reveal what, why, and what after this on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. It's Colleen. On the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Hi. Bradley, do you, I mean, can you watch BBC stuff on your BritBox situation? Yeah, I mean, um, you, there's a lot of British or BBC content on BritBox, but it's not all like, you know, they don't have all of the BBC's content. Okay, because I got to figure out how to watch this. It's a new documentary that is exclusively on the BBC. It's called House of Maxwell. And um, what it does differently from previous iterations mm-hmm. of the you know we this is not the first time we've seen a documentary about Ghislaine Maxwell um Ghislaine Maxwell of course the right hand uh woman of the late Jeffrey Epstein um and she's you know been convicted actually of sex trafficking um th- so anyway this is not the first this is not the first documentary about her but this one is i think kind of sheds a different kind of light mm-hmm. on who she is because it draws sort of a line between her father, Robert Maxwell, and her relationship and kind of the uh, family of origin that that may have produced the type of person that Ghislaine Maxwell became. 
And one of the things that is grabbing headlines that is a segment I watched of uh, they, you know, they have like you can watch snippets from these. It's a three episode docuseries. This one is grabbing headlines and I don't even know what to make of it. You just need to listen to this. So this is the secretary of Robert Maxwell um, telling about how she was invited into the office of Robert Maxwell to do some work. And she was witness to a conversation that occurred between Ghislaine and her father, Robert. Maxwell wanted someone to work on the annual report. And I was told to sit in his office in a cupboard. And it was a cupboard. The doors opened, but had a chair and a computer. And I just sat there. He was at his desk and my back was to him the whole time. So obviously I heard everything, all the phone calls. He had many phone calls, of course, um, and he never, ever put the phone to his ear. He's always on loudspeaker because he was just couldn't be bothered to hold the phone to his ear. So you heard everything. OK, well, I'm in the study at the moment upstairs. I'll, I'll be in touch with you. But I was just there. He just forgot I was there. Reception rang through and said, it's Ghislaine, Mr. Maxwell. And he says, put her on. So the next thing I hear is, meow. And he went, meow, meow. And she went, meow. And he was going, meow, meow. And then this went on for, I don't know, about 10 meows. And then he suddenly said, what are you doing? And she said, nothing. And I thought, yeah, that's about right. (laughs) Weird. What? They're meowing at each they other? They had an yeah. entire conversation in meows. We actually have the secret oh, audio. No, good. no, we don't. No, we do. Of no. Ghislaine Maxwell <laughs> and her father. It's so great. Holly, do share. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Oh, Aww. God, that is creepy. Isn't that strange? Meow. So, I mean, listen, what I learned from the very little bit that I was able to glean from clips of this documentary is that this is a messed up family (laughs) and their relationship, uh, his relationship, Robert Maxwell with Ghislaine in particular, she was noted by many people as his favorite child. In fact, when he died, he mysteriously drowned. He was on his yacht, which was called... Uh, Lady Ghislaine. So he named his boat after his favorite daughter. And this is a family of many. I mean, I think there were at least four or five kids in the family. Um, but he had a special thing for Ghislaine. Mm-hmm. And um, it is, it's just, I'm here for the mystery. I'm here for the intrigue. I'm here for the meowing. I'm here for the crime. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, hopefully this will be available at some point that we can watch it. I mean, three episodes, that's no small thing. And it's the BBC, and they always know what they're doing production-wise. So there are three episodes, and it really, it starts with kind of early life. Mm -hmm. And they talk about kind of the mess that, that and and when I say mess, I don't, I mean, families just are messy, right? Like, families are messy. But the kind of environment uh, that this family was raised in and how, um, you know, there were, I think they'd experienced some, some deaths in the family that were particularly traumatic and maybe didn't kind of deal with that as a family. And so 
there's just sort of like an odd dynamic in their household. And then there, and then it moves through um, kind of her teen years. And then later you learn about kind of who she was as an adult, Ghislaine. And so you see sort of how the family passed through, you know, drawing, like I said, drawing that line from her dad. Yeah, highly dysfunctional. I mean, by all accounts, yeah. and her dad was just like, there was a lot going on. With her father, and then, of course, his weird, you know, death. And then, by all accounts, she then had a hard time after his death, and it shouldn't be a surprise then that she found herself, you know, with somebody like Jeffrey Epstein, who... Who was able to, yeah, get her to do all kinds of things. Um, By the way, just in case people don't know the story of his death, and one of the things that this documentary shares is, as a manager, as a boss, he surveilled everything. So he has, he had in his possession, which that's interesting, right? Because what does that sound like? Jeffrey Epstein, Mm, who had mm -hmm. cameras and microphones everywhere in the house. Yeah. Um, But Roger Maxwell, he had like reels and reels of conversations phone conversations between his employees and they were able to obtain some of those and then they they had them like they changed them so they had actors act them out the transcripts because they wanted to protect the anonymity of the people who worked for him but he had gone off on his yacht and they were get you know for a while they were getting faxes from him and stuff and they were panicking because they knew he was trying to run for something or cover something up and then four days later he mysteriously drowned off the side of his yacht so it's just a bizarre everything about it is bizarre mm-hmm. it might lay context to a story that has had no context but is also bizarre uh, and I want to see it it's on the BBC. And it's called The House of Maxwell. When we come back on The Colleen and Bradley Show, dumb people doing dumb things, crazy, stupid, idiots. idiots. People doing dumb things. We love to tell you about them on The Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. These are your crazy, stupid idiots. Well, then, I guess one could say that's a crazy, stupid idiot. Colleen and Bradley present CSI. It stands for crazy, stupid idiots. It sure does. Why? Well, because the world is full of crazy, stupid idiots. Dumb people doing dumb things repeatedly over and over again, oftentimes in the state of Florida. Florida. Like? Oregon. Oregon. And actually, as I started to read this, I was like, I think we already have told this story. But we're telling it again, and there's a reason why. It's because uh, this gal... Has gone to trial. Oh, okay. So we're familiar with this lady. Uh, apparently we are. Uh, t- stop me, because I think you're the one who brought this story the first time. Stop me when you, this all sounds familiar. 71-year-old uh, Nancy Brophy of Oregon uh, has gone on trial because four years ago, uh, she allegedly, well, let's just say her husband was murdered oh, under no. uh, some questionable circumstances. Okay, it's terrifying. And the reason that the fingers are all pointing to her is oh. because in 2011, she wrote an essay called How to Murder Your Husband. Oh? Uh-huh. Why this would you do that? Same woman also wrote a romance novel called The Wrong Husband. 
Uh, the judge, though, ruled that those facts cannot be entered into evidence. So the jury will not be made aware of those two uh, creative writing assignments of hers. But here's what we do know. We okay. know that her husband has been shot and killed. Her husband was shot and killed at work and there weren't any witnesses. So here are the things that are pointing to her. A change in a life insurance policy. Mm-hmm. An order for a ghost gun that you assemble yourself. Okay. An order for a replacement gun barrel. What? And surveillance footage placing her nearby. So she had the... Mo- what was the motive? Uh, well, apparently, according to her romance novel, novel, he was the wrong husband. Hmm. I need to know. Oh, you said life insurance. That, yes. to me, would be the motive. Okay, so motive, okay. opportunity, because she yep. was nearby. Uh-huh. And means uh, she had the gun parts. I would say that's a slam dunk for the Seems prosecution. Seems like it, right? Well, the defense is claiming that the gun stuff was all just researching material for the book. And everything else is just circumstantial. So we'll see how this all plays out. But uh, we don't have a result Also, it would be a clever ruse to be like, yeah, I'm researching a book. But... As a way to throw you off the scent for when I actually kill my husband yeah, right? based on the book that I wrote about doing that very thing. Like, what? That doesn't, I don't know. Dun, dun, also, dun. also, can I just add, uh, when you're, re- like, you don't need to, you can research something without actually ordering it. Mm-hmm. She ordered the But guns. she wanted to, you know, get right up in there. Yeah, man. She was just like, also, this is terrifying. Your spouse can kill you. Yeah. Oh, well, we talk about this all the time that you have that, you see those things on television and then you have a moment where you look across the room at the person who you've chosen to spend your life with and you think do i know you do i really know well you? hope you hope you do or at least you find out uh before you know they put some uh aquarium chemicals in your oh hot dish. interesting what? interesting bradley that's interesting no i saw that that was an okay. episode of one of those shows once where they were like sure. Uh, Bob had been having stomach pains for six weeks and uh, was could not figure out what was going on. Hmm. After he died, they found out that Beverly had been poisoning his hot dish oh. with aquarium chemicals. <laughs> People do that kind of stuff, oh, and I just I don't, don't I don't want to live in that world. I don't want to live there. Mm. Yeah, where are we going next? Like they Brad? could just roll over and put a pillow I on know. you. In the, your most vulnerable moment, right. while you're sawing logs on the pillow. Yeah, you're just gone. Not for long. <laughs> Everybody's gonna go home tonight. Like, uh, <laughs> I know. Okay, that's not gonna happen. No, this. you're fine. Uh, my d bag is this guy. Um, let's get on an airplane. Okay. And we're gonna fly. Uh, are we from, going somewhere warm? Yeah, Phoenix. Okay. Oh, good. Or as I like to call it, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phoenix. We're but we're flying from Seattle to Phoenix, and this was recently, mm-hmm. April second, so just a few days ago. And uh, a guy by the name Antonio Sherrod McGarity is sitting next to you, and okay. you're just. You know, you're just sitting there, bebop, moo, I'm on a plane, oh, and I'm, I'm going. scatting. That's exciting. Yeah, you're vacation scatting, because, you know, you're in a good mood. Yeah. Maybe uh, plopping some peanuts in that pie hole of yours, uh, or not. Bebop. Because uh, you're probably wearing a mask, and I hate having to take the mask down and put the peanuts. You know what? Can I just give you a hot tip? Just put the peanuts right in the mask. <laughs> <laughs> just 
Tip it just back don't every choke. once in a while. Please yeah. don't choke on them. That's not good. Anyway, um, so the lady looked over to Mr. Antonio Sherrod McGarity. Hmm. That's odd. What what is what is, what is he doing? Oh, Ollie, did he did Ollie. he have his what? what? Did he have his peanuts in his mask? His peanuts? Yeah, it wasn't his bag of peanuts. Peanuts? Mm-hmm. It was uh, something more heinous, mm-hmm. and he had his hair, his hair, <laughs> his hand on his uh, trombone, his peanuts, his peanuts, mm-hmm. and he was playing that trombone. Oh, no. But you know that is this would not be the first time we've heard of a man no. on an airplane, unfortunately, uh, no. playing with his trombone. Mm-hmm. But there is an aspect of this story that earns it crazy stupid idiot status. What about his trombone playing earned this story crazy stupidity at status? Um, There's something about this story that I just sets about, it I'm apart. super afraid to guess. <laughs> I really am because okay. I just feel like there's a lot of opportunity to go in a real sick direction. It's not sick. I mean, it's sick. Okay. It's not like extra sick. Um, the end. What I've already told you. Well, usually when we hear these stories, the person is doing it maybe under a blanket or something. Was he exposed to the? I to don't the have air? any details of that, but it's okay. not the fact that he was uh, on the seat next to I the heard lady. He's a really good debater. Yeah, master. Okay. And uh, so much so, and obviously just very virile, because Antonio Sherrod McGarity is accused of not once, not twice, but thrice, not three times a lady, <laughs> not three, three times, times a McGarity, <laughs> four times. Wow. How long? This flight Seattle to Phoenix is probably like a three-hour flight. I mean, wow! The how does woman, that even happen? I don't know. Also, how? But you know, you imagine the woman, right? Because I think like a man would be like, "Why didn't you call somebody or why didn't you do something?" Well, just you know, sit in the head of somebody for a moment. No. Who's thank Mm-mm. thank you? What? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> no, I just don't want to be next to that. Yeah, I don't no, I'm be saying, I'm saying, put yourself in the mindset of somebody who is stuck sitting next to that yeah. person, and you think like maybe I'm afraid to say something, right? Because you don't know what's going to happen. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So the woman in this case, she took photos, and when he fell, as- I don't know how she was able to do this. Like I have a lot of questions, but like I have a super lot of questions. Right? I have so many questions. She was able to take some photos, presumably for proof, and when he fell asleep. I mean, I would hope he fell asleep four times. Four times. She told the flight crew what happened, and they moved her to another seat. When the plane landed, they turned the photos over to the Phoenix police. Um, now, this, like, I, I just have a lot of other questions, because I'm like, why didn't they put him in another seat? And by that, I mean, like... Underneath the... <laughs> underneath the seat? Like, somewhere right, out of Out of view. view yeah. With his hands taped behind his yes. back, right? Because that would seem like a threat or a danger. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the FBI came on and interviewed him, and he said he didn't think the female passenger was uncomfortable with his behavior, and he thought it was kind of kinky. I again, this I, sounds I, familiar. This is a pop culture story. 
Louis C.K. I don't want to think about a world where your spouse can kill you mm. and a guy can four times on an airplane and thinks nobody would care. And what was the person on the other side of him? And where was the person in the front and in the back? Because I just feel like a lot of people had to be witness to this behavior. It seems like it. It seems like... Also, listen, I've been on a flight before. I'm I'm not blaming... I don't want to blame anybody. No, To your point of, like, where were the other people, right? Uh, The flight attendants, like, you can't... You can't take off... With your seat, well, back. with your with your but nose you hanging out of your mask, right? Like you can't, you can't have your tray table down, yeah. right? Let alone your hand on your. Yeah, Schweenus. Thank you. It's yeah. just it's so gross, and I feel bad for this woman because she didn't have to sit there once, twice, three times, four, four times. times. Uh, but uh, but <sighs> just like what? Excuse me. You know. No. What is she doing? I don't Four know. times. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to like put the two and two together. Okay. Like that's just like you do it four times and then. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Like it blows. <laughs> I don't know where we're going. I'm, I'm trying to like. I'm just gonna do the Homer Simpson in the mm. bush. <laughs> Okay. I don't know that I would. No, you know where he just backs away. I know, I know what the, you mean. <laughs> <laughs> this conversation is fraught. Oh yeah. dear. Um. Anyway, he's facing charges related good. to lewd, indecent, or obscene a- acts. Good. When we were, I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> when we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, let's play a game. It's called the Throwback. What? After this, on my talk one oh seven one.